This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. If this had been Christmas, Dad would have looked at the camera and gone, and Kurt Angle, who did not die. Yay! Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown. It's the 20th of September, the year of our Lord 2001. Space Odyssey. (laughs) I don't know what that was. Bob the Builder. (laughs) Mambo number five is the number one song at the time, but you wouldn't know it. If you're around at this period, because uh, even though we all love Bob the Builder, especially one voiced by Neil Morrissey, um, the song debuted at number one. Uh, following the September 11th attacks, the songs were moved from the BBC Radio 2 playlist with the station's executive music producer, Colin Martin, describing the song as being too frivolous in light of the news that was breaking. I mean, yeah... I, I, it's it's a weird juxtaposition to go from horrible news coming out of America to a little bit of Wendy in the shed. Like it's it's. A... Can we have any other song, please? Um, on the fifteenth September, the BBC One Saturday morning show Live and Kicking is neither of those things because it's coming to an end after eight years. Ah, oh, end Final, of an era. That's right. The foundation is presented by Sarah Carwood, Heather Haywood. Bless you. Orders delay and Trey Farley. Yeah, I don't know any of them. I know Sarah Kaywood. She was like a crush I had around this time period. I had a bit of a oh, crush I on see. Sarah Kaywood. So mm. she, I don't think I ever told her. Oh, well, but Ed, I'm, I'm getting married now, Sarah, so you've missed your oh. chance. Uh, Ed <laughs> All the, of this. Ed the Duck, I'm still available. <laughs> Get your hand up. Uh, William, William Hague resigned as leader of the opposition. Ian Duncan Smith. That's right, all three of them became leader of the Conservative Party after winning the leadership election. Yeah. Ian Duncan Smith was three people in one large coat. One of Paul Merton's best bits, and I've got news for you. The big games this week are NFL 2K2 and Super Monkey Ball. Eh, some games you play for a bit. Super Monkey Ball was good. Hmm. I don't know. A bit of disinterest into, into oh, I think you Super loved, Monkey Ball. You ever love that game or hate it? I mean, it's. Uh, I couldn't think of anything else to say. Often I went, oh, yeah, great. I'll let. No, I don't like that game, do I? Fun little like party it. game, fairly innocuous. Yeah. Colourful. I had a very boring thing there about Pete the Thorn. 
signing for uh, Stoke City and then whatever, it's not going nowhere. <laughs> so I thought I'd bring in, because there's not a hell of a lot there to uh, get us in the mood for 2001, uh, the episode of N64 magazine. I love how you call the magazine an episode. That's like, where we're at as a society, is that paper editions oh. and issues are now called episodes. Ah, I think, does that sound cool or not? Maybe ah, we'll take it. Using the incorrect term. This well, VHS I, I, I of think, N64 magazine. I think magazine. it's more the fact that the way that we consume now is probably in episodes yeah. rather than issues. Yeah. So I get why the, the confusion I think because we've there. got enough issues, as it is, Tom. Yes, as we a species. Have. So the big news is the GameCube's coming and N64 magazine's oh. like, what are we going to do with our bloody name? Um... What is Mario Sunshine? It <laughs> Nintendo says it will make players very happy. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, Mario Sunshine is just that Mario 128 demo, isn't That's it? That's right. Where they have 128 Marios, like, nubbing about on the screen at the same time. Yeah. Uh, there's big news that Activision have recently picked up potentially very lucrative license indeed. The weakest link will be appearing on a number of platforms. And if the runaway success of the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire license and other formats, both here and stateside, is anything to go by, we could see Annie's half-scowling face staring back at us on any of Nintendo's consoles come this time next year. Are you hyped? We had it for the PC. Did you really? Had it on the PC. It was good fun, actually. Who the hell bought the Who, who Wants to Be a Millionaire game? Oh, no, 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 not Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, The Weakest Link. Yeah, but at least, like, digital and will slag you off or whatever. <laughs> like, Chris Town's going to go, ooh. Yeah, the, that one, right? Chris Town just gives some very, like, generic answers. Going to call your mate. <laughs> For your what? The PS1. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the big game's coming up, Ravenblade, which did not come about. I believe that's Retro Studios. Uh, that's so Ravenblade. Oh, Rogue Leader which was one of the first games out there. It looks stunning. Fancy Star Online, which has an RPG for up to 6 billion players. <laughs> Good one. Oh. be a court side. And, oh, Matt and Muscle's favourite, Batman Dark Tomorrow. <laughs> Kemco are coming in to bat. Ha. <laughs> Love that crap. June 3G, which came and went. The GameCube Clinic, which uh, Magazine does a breakdown of how it works. You put the plug in there and you <laughs> hook it up to channel. Well, it depends really on your TV. The last one. Uh, Win Shrek, the Game Boy Color. <laughs> what is the tagline for the Shrek movie? Is it A, in space, no one can hear you scream? B, the greatest fairy tale never told? Or C, mummy, why is the donkey talking? It's C. It's C. The answer is C. Do um, I win a Game Boy or not? Uh, I'll get you one. No. So if you're listening on the podcast feed, Matthew currently is... Oh, As sorry. part of the intro, this is still the intro, uh, yes. Matthew is thumbing through this, uh, the N64 magazine that was released in this particular week in 2001, A Space Odyssey. Certainly. And just in time for some good old sarcasm, Robocop for the Game Boy Color is reviewed. Oh! And N64 magazine used to love their biting sarcasm. Quote, a, a Robocop game, Titus haven't so much missed the boat here as arrived at the docks 10 years after they were shut down forever. <laughs> Half man, half robot, all cop is long gone. So it's fitting for this kind of shoddy, half-hearted movie tie-in that release schedules were stuffed with a decade ago. Put simply, the Tin Man's quest is dull, dull, dull. You stamp your way around a very basic map searching for evidence, i.e. guns and poison, left lying around by the world's most careless criminals while shooting at baddies who stagger around an apparent drunken haze. It might be bearable if Robocop didn't move so infuriating slowly, or if weapon upgrades didn't simply turn your bullets a different colour, <laughs> or if more than two frames of appalling animation had been used on the laughing, the laughably, there we go, panicky citizens, or, well, you get the idea, not much cop. One out of five. There you go. 
Uh, so here's all the stuff you need to play your Game Boy Advance. Uh, the carry bag, the uh, other adapters. Oh, importantly, the lights. Ah. And they're tested on the Castlevania game. I like this because it actually shows you how, how bright it makes it. Wow. These were, do you know what? These genuinely were groundbreaking in, in terms of people wanting to play their video games on the move. Mm-hmm. Because you had the Game Boy, but you were reliant on the lights of mm-hmm. the motorway to keep your visuals intact. You certainly were compared to the Game Boy, oh, Game Boy Colors backlit. And these bad boys lit the screen for you in a yep. really bad way. Yeah, the only big game reviewed, because it's NC4 Magazine before GameCube comes out, is Paper Mario, which is a good game. It is a good game, Paper um, Mario. What are people emailing them about? Oh, it's a... God, geez, imagine getting this being the star letter. Look, my cat reads your magazine, and oh. it's a photo of the cat reading, you know. I don't think the cat was really that bothered about it. I don't think he was asked. He's like, can we read the PlayStation 1? <laughs> how to play Kirby? You suck things and no. press B. How am I? <laughs> Isn't that how most relationships work? <laughs> Look, you stop. <laughs> there's, an, uh, there's the high score things, which, oh, speed running. I think there's a few lads like Carl Jobst who have uh, looked at some of these suspiciously high scores that are un- literally impossible to beat. So these, you just send in, would you send in a screenshot? Or would yeah, you just, take a photo of your screen and go, just look, tell I, them did I did that. Like, that's how it used to be back in the day. Finish ah, Mar- we trust you. Finish Mario in two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> did you? Yep. Proof. My brother said so. You can't. You watched me do it. Jobs names. Um, and then, yeah, it's how to do this, how to do that. This is how I'd... Yeah, and then one nice thing they had was they had a section in the back that listed all the games that you'd, they'd reviewed in the past, but they now had another rating to say if it was still good. Oh, retrospective. This was good back then. Yeah, we... we yeah. I think, I think things that weren't allowed in the past should be kept in the past, and things that are... <sighs> well, that was all the things happening. And, and do you know what? Appropriately, yeah. as you were thumbing through at the end, oh, I thought here's a nice little way to tease it in. Right at the very backity back of N64 magazine is an advert for Games Master with all the details on WWF SmackDown. Just bring it. Ooh. And that ties in closely to the show today, which is. Games Master. The Cultaholic oh, uh, Classic uh, uh, the Smackdown, Smackdown Review. Yay! I do sometimes call it that. You're listening to Dulcet Tones of myself, Matthew, and his lovely, lovely, lovely friend. And scrummy, scrummy, scrummy person. I'd like to sit next to you and talk shite with for a few hours. Mr. Tom Campbell. Hey. Mr. Tom Campbell, how the hell are you? Mate, I'm buzzing, right? You're going to hear this on the podcast feed because we're not going to announce it anywhere else for maybe a, a few days or so. Again, Guru Larry's doing Desert Island Graphs. Woohoo. <laughs> we recorded it yesterday. It was a wonderful, like, near hour of me and Larry talking about wrestling and games and stuff. Oh, it's so good. I can't wait to share it with you. I'm not putting that out onto the, into the world until probably Monday, Tuesday-ish. So if you listen to the classic SmackDown review, you're hearing it first. Guru Larry's Ooh. doing Desert Island Graphs. So, last, so yesterday I filmed, recorded about four episodes of Desert Island Graphs. So we're getting a few in the can. And one of those is, is Guru Larry. So that was, it, it was a good day yesterday. Uh, otherwise, everything is good. Pablo had a limp on Sunday. Last mm. Sunday, put the fear right up us. And um, Alex texted me while I was away, while I was out, and she went, "Pablo started limping. When's he going to the vet? Like, he's got a vet checkup next week." And I got home, and he kind of limped towards me. I'm like, "Oh no!" Your heart sinks because you're like, "What's wrong?" And I picked him up, and I, you know, I'd squeeze his leg a little, bit, and just just enough to see if I could find where the pain was, not to be a dick. <laughs> and uh, and he was like, "Get off." 
I'm fine. But he limped, and then for a few hours later, he stopped limping. It's like, oh, what was that? We've, we've narrowed it down to two things. It was either that he jumped off the top of the cupboard and just landed badly, and he just had to walk it off. Or, and I looked this up, and it's, well, it's very possible, he just faked it. <laughs> oh. So cats and, and dogs, in some cases, are sometimes known just to fake an injury for attention. <laughs> and whether or not he just woke up one morning and went, I want some food. Oh, I know. I'll, uh, hello, help. Wow. Help me. I'm hurt. And then I was like, he's fine. Little day. I think it was Aww. the latter. I think he was faking it. I think he was I think he was pretending. But all is good otherwise. How are you, more importantly? I'm better than you. You look very smart today. Oh, thank you, sir. You're looking lovely as well. You've uh, got a tie on. I, I'm, I've got a tie on, yes. Nice. And a white shirt. Thank you. Ooh. Uh, I thought I'd accentuate the positives, which is my iron, which works. That's all the irons out there. Said you the positive. <laughs> you you uh, with an iron. In this day and age, with the cost of living crisis, you've got an iron. I know. Show off. Because you use my tears the rest of the time. <laughs> yeah, like, like the rest of us do. <laughs> but yeah, I'm grand, mate. I'm grand. I've been doing the DDP yoga. Mm. And nice. Been, what I've been doing in the past is using yoga to wake myself up in the morning and do all this. And even though DDP yoga is quite vigorous compared to other yogas you can do, I've realized it's actually much better and easier for me to use it before going to sleep. Because mm. you just, you're switching everything off. You have to pay attention to DDP and his 15 teeth that he has in his front <laughs> row. I don't know how that's possible. And yeah, just great. It helped me sleep and feeling good and getting my body not crap. Nice. Which can happen if you don't treat it well. So... So, so you're feeling the benefits of doing DDP yoga? So far, so good. How often are you doing it? Uh, well, I've been easing myself into it by once every two days, and I'm going to be going full whack next week because he's got the little schedule. I said, mm. do this one, this one, this one. Do you get a little video of DDP? After going like, hey, hey, Matthew. <laughs> no. Why he talks like that. Yeah. Hey, turkey. <laughs> I don't know why Hang he's on. Barry the shot. <laughs> it's Barry! Hey. You're watching on the video. Barry! Buy me. <laughs> I'm still available at all good stockists. <laughs> but oh, no, is... it's the Japanese dub, so he's a bit off <laughs> So, you, I am Barry the Shock. I will defeat my enemies. This is lost on the audio. <laughs> yeah, oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect for an audio Apologies podcast. if you've got the podcast feed on. Matthew's moving Barry the Shark, and, my, and I'm badly dubbing over him. Oh, he's so fun. He's a fun guy. Um... Is the DDP yoga decision, is that because we've so mercilessly taken the piss out of DDP on this podcast? Is it like you know balancing, yeah. balancing the world back out again? It might have had nothing to do with it. <laughs> you don't think you want it for years and then like you spend several weeks going, DDP's crap, DDP's crap. Oh my God, why did you go to WWF? Oh, DDP, I love you so much. You go, hang on, I might be tempted to do some of that yoga. Yeah. Oh, the power of the podcast. The power of this great it's podcast. So powerful. You know what? I've heard that it's so powerful. It sometimes causes people to send their thoughts in. They do. Our email of the week comes from Mike in Loughborough. Hello, Mike from Loughborough. <clears throat> uh, if you want to do the same, classic at cultaholic.com. Send an email in. He says, dear Tom and Math, did you see the Stone Cold film Mitchell TikTok this week? If so, which UK soap characters would be a perfect fit for the WWF versus Alliance storyline? The Mitchells versus The Undertaker and Kane would be hilariously shit. Thank you. Uh, the, oh, sorry. The, the film Mitchell TikTok, is, yeah. it, that's brilliant. I don't know the original owner. It's been ripped off to high hell ever yeah. since, so apologies to you. But it's Steve Austin's theme music over, with, over the top of clips of Phil Mitchell just being a badass. Mm. So cold, Phil Mitchell. Uh, who are we putting in? 
This particular... Uh, the Dingles. Oh. AKA the modern day Wyatt. <laughs> We're uh, here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. E. E. Run. Got the whole world in hands. In hands. <laughs> oh. I like the Dingles from uh, Emmerdale. Every match is a lumberjack match because they all of them come out at once. <laughs> Just that group marching towards you, which just scare the shit out of you. Um, I think um, Danny Dyer's character, who's just left, think would be <laughs> would be good fun in there, fighting everybody. I think he's got a bit of a fighty streak in him. I want to see Cat Slater oh. just slapping like the Alliance Divas daft with a cigarette on the go, uh, or alternatively, right. If we can't get Grant and Phil Mitchell, then we, we redo the chronic storyline. And instead of Stephen Richards, we have Peggy Mitchell. Oh, okay. And, 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 and it's like, a, you know how like, you know, the Roman emperor do thumbs up, thumbs down. Mm -hmm. and they do thumbs up, thumbs down. The, uh, the, the call to arms would be Peggy Mitchell. Would she just say to the person, get out of my pub? To which chronic would lift them up and just hoit them out of the ring. I like chronic. You've doing. done it now. <laughs> You've got it. Made a big mistake. And then Peggy Mitchell can turn up with the APA. Yeah. So Pat, sorry, um, uh, Pat Butcher can turn up with the APA. Yeah. Uh, Richard Hillman could be a good Dexter Loomis type. Mm. Oh, a good way of you know how ECW had the 911 character who would choke slam me, and then that that was the sign that yeah you're gone. Bye. Oh Dexter nice. You have like Richard Hillman's like yeah. Uh, Pete Gas, is it? Yeah, come this way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to show me how to get to Puerto Rico? Yeah. yeah. You'll be going somewhere sunny soon, pal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. And he's never said, hey, remember Pete Gas? Oh, he's gone now, I guess. Oh, hello, Mr. Hillman. I like... Nice gloves you're wearing. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> all these wrestlers keep going to go missing after Mr. Hillman sees them. Like, yeah. don't understand at all. I like the wrestling EastEnders crossover because it's only been a few months since Charles Crowley turned up in EastEnders. Oh, Sex on Legs thing. himself. Sex on Legs himself, Charles Crowley, who was working as a working in the garage, going, we'll go for a pint after work, which is his main bit of dialogue, was trying to get another bloke to go for a pint with him after work. <laughs> I'd go for a pint with Charles Crowley after work. Mm. Stop it. Mm. <laughs> That'd be a good time. He's a spectacular twat, is Charles Crowley, as he was in EastEnders. That's our mail of the week. Classic at cultaholic.com. If you'd like to send an email in, we'll do another one next week. Um, so we're back to some semblance of normal uh -huh. after last week. I had some really lovely feedback on last week's episode, so thank yeah. you. Uh, we were a bit nervous about sort of how and how to execute it. I think we did all right. I think we I haven't had anybody go, God, you insensitive bastards. I think people no. know what they're getting to this point. And uh, yeah, I had some nice people on Twitch say the same things because of like, yeah, how important a thing it is. And just, again, the, the feeling at the time. Mm. Just, yeah, it's easy thing to forget. And yeah, I had some people go, yeah, I've got some kids as well who go, nine, nine what? Nine twelve? Oh, nine eleven. Yeah, it's just it's strange how there's like, still something oh, we don't know. to explain this to you? Oh, okay. Uh, as a result of the events from last week. It's a pretty quiet week in the world of wrestling. Um, a lot of planes and air travel has been grounded. Uh, there's a lot of issues with people trying to get to and from places. Uh, the the Raw, the, the WWF roster found themselves stranded in Houston after Raw because there was so much uh, air travel 
uh, cancelled. Mm. Uh, they a lot of them haven't been home since before the the attack on the towers. So there's a real like they're exhausted emotionally, and there's a lot of uncertainty in the air. And there was a, a story in the Observer this week that said that Jerry Lawler was due to do a show in Toronto uh, on the on the week on the I think maybe the weekend after this episode of SmackDown. He got to Memphis Airport at 5 a.m., waited for eight hours as three planes got cancelled, then just said, fuck it, and went home. <laughs> and that was the story with a lot of people at this point. A lot of people struggled to, to get home if they were away just because so many flights have been cancelled. And you know what it's like when a flight gets cancelled. The, the knock-on effect can, can yeah. last for days sometimes with just one flight, let alone all air travel being suspended. And then multitudes and multitudes of security being incorporated into it as well mm-hmm. you know it was it was a, a chew on getting in and out of the country during covid like it was a similar mm-hmm. thing if you if you try to get a plane at the height of covid uh, it's a similar thing here uh, in terms of like logistical nightmare so as a result, quite a few shows are, are cancelled, but WWF uh, both getting criticism and praise for leading the way in terms of getting back to normal. Um, there's a, a lot of people that think it was the right thing to do, but they've also been on the offensive from people who say it wasn't the right thing to do and they should have let the wrestlers go home and see their families. But, you know, in the, in the cool light of day, if you couldn't go home anyway and you felt comfortable to do it, you might as well put it on a show and get paid. I don't know. Everybody deals with these things in a very, very different way. Uh, WWF cancelled their shows in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, it was rescheduled for the 28th of October. Uh, that was just to give the guys uh, some time off so they could go back home and see families and then be back for Monday Night Raw uh, in Nashville. However, that was the plan, but there were airline problems um, and a lot of them didn't get to go home and take a full advantage of this free yeah. weekend that they had. Some drove uh, to and from home, yeah. just desperate to get Jeez. home and be with their families, even for a, a little bit of time. And there were stories of people um, who were driving all the way back home from from where they were. Those that live within driving distance from Houston managed to go home. Many drove uh, all the way back home and then came back for Nashville. There were also a, there was also a, sh- a show scheduled for the same evening as that one in the Bowling Green. That got in Bowling Green that got cancelled as well. But that was due to slow ticket sales rather than giving time off. So, you know, this booster time that mm. Steve Austin claimed in the documentary was happening still wasn't happening. Uh, the Unforgiven pay per view is on as scheduled uh, on Sunday. There was some question marks over whether it would, but I think if they're willing to put on a SmackDown two days after, I can't see a reason why outside of, you know, I I get why they cancel a house show to give the wrestlers some time off after what has been a a fraught week. But in terms of like a major pay-per-view, nah, if you're not going to cancel, if you're not going to cancel SmackDown, Mm. you're not going to cancel Unforgiven. Um, uh, over here in the UK, uh, the only other real bit of news really to report is some uh, issues with the ITC. The Television Council over here, the right to censor of England. Oh, okay. So uh, this must have gone under our radar. I can't remember us talking about it. Uh, Smackdown episodes that aired on the 16th of June and the 23rd of June uh, violated the ITC's program code when it aired on the Saturday mornings on oh, Sky One. Oh, this is the censored version we're talking about. Well... Apparently, some of this but went out uncensored. So basically, there were complaints about the DDT Undertaker stalker angle that took place across those two weeks, which included like pervy advances towards Sarah Calloway. I believe Sarah also got hit on the on the twenty third of June. She has taken a few bumps. Yeah. yeah, 
So Sky had edited parts of the angle that included implications of a sexual motive on the part of Paige in the stalking since then. But because of the previous violation, Sky has now been instructed to remove any inappropriate portrayals of women and any connotation of male violence on females from its morning show. So it will go out uh, pretty much as normal on the evening one, but on the Saturday morning when you're going to start to see more shortened versions of SmackDown because there's still quite a lot of that prevalent. It does bring about more of the from the vault stuff that we get over ah, here. That's right. And this is why it used to, it's so, it's so silly to think about it now, knowing what we know now. But the time I was like, how is it in America they don't do from the vault, but we still get two hours of mm-hmm. smack? I, my brain couldn't connect the two of maybe they're editing stuff and we're not seeing it. I just I thought, that's weird how we're getting this and Americans mm. aren't. That's strange. But yeah, so further editing is expected to take place at the AM episodes of SmackDown, which are normally big ratings winners for mm. Sky on a Saturday morning, but they're going to be further edited unless WWF changes the amount of uh, violence towards women. <laughs> According uh, to this oh, episode Tom, of SmackDown, that's uh, not in there, not on the cards for now. Mm. Uh, uh, just one quick note before the cameras went on. Kid Cash got a tryout oh, in a dark nice. match. He will end up working for the company, but not quite mm. yet. Uh, he, he lost a match to Just Incredible, so they were getting a little look at him at this show. Oh, maybe the sign of if he won. Yeah, if he'd only won the match, he'd have been fine. Ah. Gosh darn it. So those are all my notes. As I say, it's a really quiet week this yeah. week. The world is kind of getting back to back to a semblance of normal, but we have an episode of SmackDown. We have a pay-per-view on the horizon, and here is Matthew Gregg, who's going to talk us through this week's episode of SmackDown. I certainly am. Not on Monday Night Raw. Steve Austin and Rob Van Dam teamed up to take on Chris Jericho and Kurt Angle. But RVD accidentally struck Austin with his educated feet, one from Harvard, the other from the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. <laughs> Kurt Angle German suplexes Austin, but he refuses to quit. So Angle counters the stunner into the Angle Slam and pins the WWF champion in the middle of the ring. <gasps> Whoa! Witty, witty. Whoa! <laughs> Still not quite there, is it? Uh, it's not as fun. It's not as fun. Not as much fun as a pyramid in Memphis. That's not where they belong. What's it doing here? (laughs) We're three days from Unforgiven, which coincidentally is how the Egyptians refer to Jerry Lawler. (laughs) (laughs) He was, funny enough, he was backstage at SmackDown this week. Uh Um, They never referenced him. For obvious <laughs> reasons. Uh, but no, he was backstage seeing friends. Uh, Jim Ross was there, and he's still very sad that they haven't come to a deal to bring back Lawler. There is hope yet for you Jerry Lawler fans out there. Yeah, he had a book in the Valley of the Kings. <laughs> Austin heads the ring, holding his belt like it's the most important thing in the world to him. Like mm. Sega holding a Mega Drive collection re-release. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Cole wonders out loud if these are the last days of Austin with that belt. Steve doesn't want to be disrespected by the jackasses and tells the Memphis Muppets that this Sunday is unforgiven, which is a good name for that sorry-ass punk named Kurt Angle. Giant reaction there for Kurt. Steve Austin reminds us of all the bad stuff Kurt has done to him over the past few weeks. And Austin says, yeah, that's not going to happen again. And Cole says, well, it might have unforgiven. 
And Taz tells them to shut up. They do this thing, and, and I see it pop up a few times on this, where Michael Cole will state the obvious as to what's yep. happening in front of them. Especially in this bit where he's really obviously re-recorded. Mm. Re-recorded? Pre-recorded. Steve Austin rambled some more. Pre-recorded Cole says, sounds like Austin is trying to convince himself. Yeah, get him, pre-recorded Cole. The joke is yeah. that Austin is uncertain. I'm not going to lose on this Sunday. He might. <laughs> I want a little Dennis Norden to pop up in the corner. Like pop-up video style. Yeah. <laughs> Austin might lose on Sunday. You are you people in Memphis, you're stink and you smell bad. That's not a very nice thing to say. <laughs> Memphis has the highest hygiene rating in the south of America. Suck it, Texas. Suck Boop. it, Texas. <laughs> Boop. Boop. Austin talks about how Angle's entire family will be there to beg him to stop being up Angle. You won't hear Eric Angle, though, Austin, because he'll be hiding underneath the ring. <laughs> Boop. He normally turns up as a joke character and replaces Kurt Angle at the key moment of a match. Boop. Steve Austin doesn't, doesn't want to wait until Sunday. Boop. Nothing will happen. <laughs> Sunday is the God's Day. Boop. And then he's got one guy to call out right now here in this ring. Tory Wilson, get your raggedy ass out here. <laughs> Boop. No, he really did say that. I'm not being stupid this time. Boop. Tory heads out. And Austin even holds the ropes open so he can call her pathetic and make her cry. Oh, but SmackDown, ITC, oh, love this. Delete, 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 delete. Austin talks to Tori like how Hank Hill talks to his wife <laughs> when she wants him as a boggle coach. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you left so. <laughs> I want you to be my coach. All right. You're a loser. You're a loser. <laughs> Want a bottle? Want a big baby bottle? She says, why are you yelling at me? Because I'm, I'm your coach. He goes, that's, all, that's what we do. <laughs> Trying to get you hyped. <laughs> she, he's, he asks, why are you dressed like that? You think it's sexy? Well, I call it trash. Am I spitting on you? Does that bother you? Steve Austin says she should beg for him to stop. So she does. I can't stand seeing someone beg. Austin says she should cry for him. So he'll stop. So she cries. I can't stand seeing someone cry. <laughs> There's a family in the front row right behind them who are laughing at their ass off at this. Yeah, I saw them as well. <laughs> right, right middle. Like Austin's on the left, Tori's on the right. So like in the little pyramid, not that one. Um, this is there going, oh! <laughs> Isn't this funny? Kids, Get remember, this is how you talk to women. Uh, to Jerry, <laughs> it's not. Boo! <laughs> Tajiri, the United States champion, comes to finally save Tori. Uh, he was backstage shouting at Gorilla, play my fucking music. Play my fucking music. Well, he can't go out until he hears his music. Even though I've seen some Japanese porn, and all of it looks like what they're doing in the ring right now, oh, no. and the crowd are thrilled. Oh. <laughs> until he stops him in his tracks, <laughs> it speeds up Tajiri, throws him out, and then Austin goes back to Taori Wilson instead. <laughs> 
that worked better in typing than it did in <laughs> real life. So Kurt very gradually makes the save. Not, not, not waste any sweat. But not before the Taz makes the save with the Taz mission, which Kurt escapes like it's nothing and drops the wee fat one with a rice pudding-sized angle slam on the floor, which it- means Angle takes his eyes off the prize and Austin batters Kurt with a chair before delivering a sweet-looking pile driver on the exposed concrete. This sadly ends with the commentators removing their headsets and getting mega concerned. It was for Nintendo, they'd be super concerned. (laughs) Who's going to believe Perk Angle would ever need medical attention? I've put here, very sympathetically. Austin stares maniacally as Angle is stretched away. Kurt yells, I can't feel my arms. And I'm all right. We've not seen these segments, to be honest, because we've seen too many real ones happen, even in 01. Kurt continues to yell, I can't feel anything. And I know that feeling watching the segment, Kurt. <laughs> Angler's led away into an ambulance as the WWF roster come out to check on him. Then we come back and Jarrah and Cole are doing their, whoa, this is real folks voice about the seriousness of this. While the kids behind the two of them grin and dance. Eh, to all of this I put here. Tom, what do you think of these I, little bits? Uh, yeah, I thought the Austin Tory stuff was, as much as the family in the front row loved it, <laughs> Uh, I thought yeah, it was yeah, that very... Bitch. It's like, no, 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 guys, Austin the heel. I was really uncomfortable. She I had thought, it coming. No, no, guys, come on. She's fine. She doesn't do anything wrong. I thought Tajiri took too long to get out there. I thought Angle took even longer to get out of there. Uh, and then the pile driver spot. I mean, they really sold this. I I got the vibe. Um, you know, I'll probably touch on this again later on, but I'll sort of mention it here. I feel like we're getting two weeks worth of SmackDown angles with Angle. In one uh, week. Ah, oh, that's good. I looked at actually. Yeah, I, I feel right. it, it feels like the way, like as as the show will go on, you'll you'll be with me on this. Like how quickly this story progresses. I feel like this was maybe meant to happen last week, but mm. then obviously what happened happened, and they went, let's just do yeah. a, a, a regular episode of SmackDown with no 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 silliness. I feel like that was meant to happen last week, and it's triumphant. And then what was going to happen later on would have happened later on. Um, I yeah, the I can't feel my hands. I can't feel my arms. I was hoping he'd say, I can't feel my legs. So Jay will go, that's because we cut your hands off. Mm. Uh, <laughs> 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 Just an old not the nine o'clock news gag. Um, I thought Austin, uh, th- this last bit, Austin staring at Angle, almost like this conflicted remorse type thing. JR like chewing out Austin for it. Not, but Austin like not breaking the, the focus on Angle all this while. Mm. I didn't think that bit was too bad. I thought mm. it was actually really well done. But I hear what you're saying in that it's a segment like that. Do we do we really need those? Do you need to go? Do you need to go whole hog in that sense? A pile driver on the concrete, I think, is sufficient mm. without having to do the fear of oh, is he paralysed? Mm. Because they have to really walk it back as the mm. night goes on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they have to really, really backpedal. They didn't do as didn't need to do as much as they needed to do. But it was a great pile driver. Austin's reaction was was superb, and then the fact that it devotes the next ten minutes to them trying to get Angle up, thought was yeah, slightly over egging the pudding. Mm. Well said. Thank well you. Said. Uh, hey, you know what? Get the crowd back into this. <laughs> Hurricane Helms, stand back. <laughs> Helms, Storm, and Ivory head out to take on the Big Show and his partner. Little Spike Dudley. It's funny because one of them's big and one of them's small. Boom. Okay. Who selected Random on Fire Pro? 
This is one of the few TV times they had shown Spike as a team. What a good name for them. Is Fat Man a Little Boy too racially insensitive? <laughs> I was in a good mood when I wrote this. But this is right after DDP yoga. My brain's just like, just type anything so I'm going to bed. Spike gets battered and show thinks he's a sausage, so he eats him. <laughs> good stuff, Matt. Good stuff. Molly stops Ivory from interfering. Helms blocks a big choke, choke slam by trying one of his own on show. Everyone laughs. But it does stop Show from hitting it on land, so <laughs> who's laughing now? Who's laughing now? Hurricane lands the eye of the hurricane on Spike to end it. Oh, and then the Duddy Boys show up to smash Big Show with the tag titles and double suplex the man who runs after ice cream vans through a table. <laughs> suplex the man that runs after ice cream vans. I tell you, the good thing about the <laughs> Put your brain in a weird place. I am the face that runs the place. <laughs> I am the champ that runs the camp. I am the man that chases the ice cream van. <laughs> I'm a Ray. I couldn't have to. Wait, wait, wait. I'll be right back. <laughs> Backstage. His big, oh, sorry, his big weakness is green sleeves. <laughs> It sets him off like Captain Hooker in the TikTok. <laughs> Come on, big show, we've got this. All right, it's me. No, no, big show, no. <laughs> Not before the match. Big show, you're about to face the Dudley boys <laughs> with Spike Dudley. Talk I'm not scared about of anything, it. me. Like. I'm not scared of anything. I'm up for fighting you. I'm up for... I'm going to... Oh, God! I'll be right back! No, Big Show, no! We're about to wrestle! March of the day is on the TV! The TV. <laughs> oh, my God, the rest is drooling. Was that your review of the match, or did you have anything else to add? Uh, it was a fine tag match. Studley's the champs again. They won them on Raw. Um, they certainly did. Chronic, chronic, chronic. Uh, so Undertaker and Kane are just the WCW Tag Team Champions yeah, now. Like, Good luck to Oh, them. no. Uh, four-way tag match expected for the for Unforgiven. That's so right. Dudley's defending against um, Big Show and uh, Spike, the Hardy Boys, yeah. and Helms and Storm. I well see, done, they? yes. Nice. Good memory. We'll do a live, we'll do a watch-along of Unforgiven for next week on the SmackDown Review. Yes, yeah, lucky you. Yes, we will. Uh, lucky you. Is that a promise or is it a threat? It's a threat. <laughs> Backstage, Chronic are seen with the rest of the Alliance, who are all talking. Steve Austin shows up and Cole lets us know that they're supposed to be disgusted with Austin's actions. I genuinely wouldn't have known that, so thanks, Cole. <laughs> you like the puzzles in God of War 2. So <laughs> 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 the Jokers, many people have criticised God of War 2 for being good. But as soon as you encounter a puzzle, five seconds later, Atreus will go, Hey, that really heavy block with the cracks in it. Ooh, I sure would like to hit that. <laughs> Which is where we realise that he, he is an absolute pervert and only <laughs> intersects with inanimate objects. I'd really like to hit that. Boop. Hello, it's Bichini here. <laughs> Holdaholic's lawyer. No, we don't think that at all, do we? Boop. Boop. I do. Boop. I'm a deviant. How many pop-ups do we have right now? I don't know. My hip's broken. Boop. Stop calling me. It's like getting it's the like genie on the lamp each time. 
It's like going on cultaholic.com about ad blocker. Boop, don't. <laughs> Matthew, if you say that, I'll cut your balls off. Boop. Turn off ad blocker. Enjoy the show. Boop. You're both fired. <laughs> Stop. Boop. Stop doing that noise. People listening in their earphones, they fucking hate you. Yeah, good point, pal. Thank you, boss. I'll pay attention to you sometimes. Austin says he gave Kurt Angle a pal driver for each and every one of you in the Alliance. That's right. Brian Clark. I gave a pal driver for you. Brian Adams. Everything I do to Kurt Angle. <laughs> we everyone at the same time in the Alliance stands. It goes, I do it all for you. <laughs> then Steve Austin says he's going to cut out Kurt Angle's heart with a spoon. And Sean says, yeah, goes, but why a spoon, my lord? He goes, because it's blunt, you idiot. <laughs> Can I film it? Says Sean says, yeah. Here's a couple later on this episode. I'm going to bring up the other cult I go on. He got a shout out NXT this week. Stasiak. Because there's a, there's a dirty diddler filming people backstage at NXT. Like, it's like GTV, basically. Mm. Like, oh, look at that. NXT Dull Anonymous Hudson. on Twitter. Hmm? NXT Anonymous. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, oh, Dull Hudson may not be what he says he is, et cetera, et cetera. And Booker T says, you know what? We call people like that back in the day, recording stuff about people knowing Stasiak. <sighs> I can't believe it. Oh, my God. Booker. Whoa! I mean, wait, wait, Barry Shark needs to say something. I mean, folks, where's the lie? <laughs> Bobby, Bobby Shark! As opposed to Bobby Fish. Bobby Shark. Do, 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 Bobby Shark, do, 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 where's the lie? He's so old, he's from Pangaea. <laughs> Bobby Shark, where's the light? You suck, Bobby! Fucking <laughs> <laughs> no, shit, right? No, 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 Tom, Tom. That, you know that's not accurate. M- quieter. Much, much quieter. <laughs> so it's too noisy in here, isn't it? Folks, where's the light? Oh, Bobby! <laughs> no, Tom, I told you. Quieter. <laughs> much quieter. Bobby. It's not going to work, Tom. <laughs> The Stacker 2, Slam of the Week, sponsored oh. by Paulie from The Sopranos. <laughs> As Paulie from The Sopranos. Yeah, he sponsors it just himself. That's right. It's chronic, costing Undertaker and Kane the WF Tag Team titles. Which ones? They don't say. We only find out when they go, oh, the graphic for the upcoming Titanic Clash oh, says they lost the WF Tag Titles. Like it matters at this point. They might as well be the Tag Team Champions of Global Force Wrestling. <laughs> Chronic, head out to take some stacker too. Oh, wait, there's literally no room in them for any more. <laughs> they are stacked to the gills. Wow, they're named after Chronic, the one drug they're not taking. <laughs> Instead of trying to squash more drugs in their ass, they're here to instead squash Kai and Tai. Into their ass. <laughs> what a match that would have been. And boy, howdy, do they ever squash them. With Adams being very motivated here with his F5, kind of? Yeah, yeah kind yeah. All right, F4. And Uncle Slam onto Funaki. Clark halts an arm drag with a slam in a cool moment. You don't often see that little exchange. But then Tucker gets a missile dropkick on Clark. That's how he nearly beat Triple H. Yeah, how he nearly beat Chronic here. And Clark lands the meltdown, which is just his uh, singles finish. It's tests finisher now. That's right. And then a double choke slam high times. Doesn't end it as they carry in and give Tucker another one. 
higher times, maybe. And if they had been doing this every week, they could have been something. My God, what a great squash match. It was a really good squash match. Um, commentary annoyed me because if Taz had been there, it'd have been... Because by this point, by the way, we haven't mentioned, Taz has left commentary. Oh, sorry. And not J- forever, though. Don't not we? forever, no, no. Um, and JR is on commentary with Michael Cole. So it's an all-WWF commentary team. Mm. No alliance representation, because if Taz had been there, he'd go, oh, these guys, they're cool, they're strong, they're much better than Undertaker and Kane. No, yeah. no doubt, no doubt. Um, no doing numbers, fuck. fuck. Uh, he'd, have really put, he'd have really put them <laughs> over. The joke was, Tom didn't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's Taz's impression. No, no, Joey no, numbers, no. fucking fuck. <laughs> Joey numbers, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew could have helped him, but instead he watched Tom drown like a, sometimes, like a bitch. Sometimes I like when you do that, where you just go, I'm just going to let him I've drown. done it before, and it's very deserving. That, Isn't it that, funny in that way? There's that brilliant, that's got to be Kane, that um, Colonel XB animated, and it's where I go, oh, what do you think of this? Nope, nothing, okay, I'm on my own. Just me. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. Uh, it's so that there. Um, but because he wasn't there and we had JR and Michael Cole, all they were doing was saying, oh, I'll take a cake. They'll be ready for these yeah. fucking yahoos on Sunday. And like, yeah. no, get over how fucking brilliant they are on commentary. Yeah. Like, how devastating they are. Like, yeah, they're beating up Kai and Ty now, but they're not Undertaker and Kane. Yeah. It wouldn't have hurt you to have gone, these guys are a real threat to Undertaker and Kane. Yeah. And on the pay per view on Sunday, it could be the end of the Brothers of Destruction. But they're going to give it their all. You got all you got to do. We know in hindsight this match is fucking terminable. Uh, but we, we, in this point, you, you, they look like a threat in ring against Kai and Ty. They look dominant, as they, sh- as they should, really. The fact, they got, the fact that Kai and Ty got two moves in on them, I thought was yeah. two moves too many. Because do, re- do you really fucking think, do you really fucking think Undertaker and Kane are going to bump to a missile dropkick from Taka? Well, Kane was watching Smash going, oh, I was going to land the missile dropkick, but now I see that's not very effective. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll take that move out of my arsenal. Um, yeah, they, they could have got them over a bit more, but they didn't. But hey, it is what it is. Mm. See you Sunday. Oh, yeah. Chronic and the Brothers of Distraction. What a joy this is going to be. <laughs> the Brothers of Distraction. <laughs> no, I, I did, it did get them over as a threat. <laughs> a threat to the audience and paying public. Oh. Ah, if you want to fill you with this point, by the way, this is the worst match of the year we have coming up. Oh, yes. Backstage, William Regal hates kids. <laughs> I believe our children are our future. Treat them well and let them lead the way. Boo. <laughs> oh, no, not boo. We're back to your dialogue. Regal. Oh, sorry. Boo. Yeah, go away. I, pre- <laughs> I pressed the wrong button. Go away. William Regal also hates Steve Austin's actions. So he doesn't take Austin's crap when Austin comes in and to demand things. And it's great because Austin doesn't like knock, knock. Hello, Mr. Regal. He just comes in and just knocks his cutlery and stuff over. Like, yeah, whatever. Go away, pot. And uh, yeah. I love this. Austin bursting in as they chuck his stuff everywhere. Oh, what am I actually Tajiri? And Regal's like, all right, calm down. It's almost like I'm giving you one chance to calm down. No, no, no. And then Regal yeah. just goes, shut your bloody mouth. Gets yeah. right in Austin's face. Crowd pop. Austin looks like he's going to shit his britches. Yeah. And Regal says, I'll give you to Jerry. I'll give you a fucking hiding. Or I'll get, I'll tell you what, how about I'll give you a damn good thrashing yeah. out there as well. And Austin's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, the problem's not with you. It's with yeah, the karate like, boy, he calls Yeah, him. as soon as Regal gives it him back, he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa hey, hey, yeah, I've got no problem great. with you. Um, 
because he's such a coward and he's really good. And then he goes, I want that karate son of a bitch in the ring tonight. Uh, Austin should have watched out. Regal was ready to take off his shoe and give him a clip around the bloody Lugs hole. <laughs> the Lugs hole with attitude presents Raven killing Moppy over wood chipper. Oh. Like in Fargo, Raven becomes the number one baby face in WWF as a result. Perry screams, yay, my career will recover. <laughs> I, I mean, no, no, Moppy. <laughs> Lugs, the shoes that endorse premeditated murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good Regal segment. <laughs> Great Regal segment. Great Lugs advert featuring Molly getting chippered. Molly yes. getting Fargo'd. Yeah. <laughs> Not for SmackDown AM. <laughs> I told you about violence on women, lads. All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> would Molly, would Moppy classes? <laughs> uh, well, not anymore. <laughs> not now you can snort her. Boop. <laughs> Boop. On SmackDown AM... Moppy is pushed into a bubble machine. <laughs> hey, Moppy, we're going to put Moppy in the bubble machine. <laughs> you piece of friend. <laughs> and then you're going on a one-way ticket to Timbuktu. <laughs> Shut up, Terry, or I'll be a really good friend and partner to you. No, <laughs> Moppy, you left me. <laughs> Inexplicably. <laughs> Now I can feel like my push left me. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Chris Jericho and his inappropriately matching black shirt and leather pants are here. It's an interesting look, isn't it? <sighs> They're sponsored by Stacker 2 and Clearasil. You're going to need all the Clearasil in the world for your back once you start eating <laughs> Stacker 2 with a spoon. <laughs> Christ the bike. It is, that combo is the self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> Loading up <laughs> Stacker 2. Eating it like it's fucking the cinnamon challenge. <laughs> also, Jericho in his crap gear are sponsored by the new Tough Enough soundtrack. Oh, because it was MTV, right? Track listing for this soundtrack Bodies by Drowning Pool. All right, yeah, I was everywhere right now, so sure. Smooth Criminal by Alien Ant Farm. Uh huh. Yeah. Awake, Godsmack. Pretty all right so far. Bombshell by Powerman 5000. We're doing all right. Which We're doing be, all right. Up, yeah. Get up, get up. Drop the bump shell. Beat the world by pressure. Four to five. Oh. Huh? 
pressure. Dead Cell Live slash the Tough Enough theme. <laughs> Papa Roach. <laughs> Is Papa Roach the hit song? The theme from Tough Enough. <laughs> Digital Bath by Deftones. I don't think I know that one. Slammin' by Buck Cherry. Oh, nice. Hang on, what are you doing there? Dog Tooth Violet by Big Mother Fr- Thruster, who doesn't have a Wikipedia article. Saliva's Superstar. Yeah. Much more saliva over the years. Drive Away by Half Cocked. I'll say. <laughs> Stupefy, Live for the Palladium by Disturbed. Nice. Okay, sure. The live version just hits harder, I guess. And Dig by Mudvayne, because why not? I was surprised that Hoshal Around the Stars wasn't on there. Which one? I wanna have the right, I wanna feel the night around the stars. Maven's theme. I wanna oh. take a flight, oh, get yeah. back on my side. Oh, so that was just Maven's theme, that wasn't like a tough enough thing. Yeah, apparently, oh. yeah, it's Maven's theme. I thought that would have been on the tough enough. That would have been theme theory. from tough enough, right? Around the stars. No, no, it wasn't, no, the tough enough theme was different to yeah. that. Oh, yeah, I realize what I've said now. You'll yeah. know it if you hear the start go. Yeah, yeah. More on him next year. Anyway, Grishoko is here to commentate, which is less painful than hearing him sing. He's here to watch his opponent this Sunday, Rob Van Dam, get sneak attacked by Raven. Their only televised singles match, if you don't count uh, later Portugal Indies. But this is something that they've built to on the uh, last couple of weeks. They mentioned on commentary that Raven, that bastard, didn't interfere in the Jeff Hardy Rob Van Dam match uh-huh. uh, just because he wanted to slice that hardcore title pie. And got yelled at by Steve Austin, so now he's going to take it from RVD himself, which doesn't really tell him any Aesop there, really. It's no, no fable, no story learned. He's like, well, I've got a reward here for my bad behavior. Yeah, that's and it. And I've killed Ubin backstage. <laughs> I'm going to continue being a diddler. I'm so angry with you. Here's a shot at a championship within the right. company. Uh, this would have been... It's a shame, as you said, they haven't had like this match mm-hmm. very often, because this would have been a brilliant latter-day ECW pay-per-view main event. Mm. Like a proper clash of two ECW generations. Yep. Raven beats him down with the spots he took from other ECW wrestlers. God, he's worse than Tommy Dreamer. Oh, sorry. Nobody's worse than Tommy Dreamer. (coughs) RVD lands the handspring moonsault and kicks Raven in the face. Raven gets a cobra clutch of all things for a rest hold. What the hell was that about? RVD gets running thunder for two as the crowd are only into yelling RVD over and over again. Not sure why that is. RVD gets them into it with a big kick off the apron as JR gets mad at the idea of Austin causing a neck injury after what happened to him at SummerSlam 97. Raven gets the drop toe hold into a chair, but RVD gets the Van Dominator. And the crowd aren't into this or the spots, but they do love RVD. Dummies, cheer the hardcore. Terry attempts to distract with JR comments, wow, she's done a lot of that in her life allowing RVD to five-star him to win. Then Perry Sutton shows up to kill Raven to end the flock feud at Fall Brawl 98 this Sunday. And then Terry gets involved, allowing Raven to DDT Perry so he can skedaddle. Mm -hmm. Sorry, the Raven effect, which I don't really know. Still can't figure out what that was supposed to be. Even flow. No, the Raven effect. Raven fix. Thank you. Uh, it was during this match that they walked back a little bit of the Kurt Angle thing that we saw. Not walk it back, but kind of oh, yeah, this, start this... to plant the seeds that, oh, actually, he's all right. Because JR tells us that it's likely that Kurt Angle suffered a stinger, which is far less dangerous. Oh, my God. It's stinger. It's more far less dangerous than a broken neck. I believe a stinger is still a rough injury to get, but it kind of imitates a broken neck, but the, yep. it's only a temporary... Yep. The symptoms are only temporary. Paul Ondorf uh, suffered one. 
on yeah. the WCW pay-per-view near the end and just like literally couldn't move. That's it. But, but it was you, okay in the end, but he's just like, I, 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 I yeah. It <laughs> worked, Fuck dear, mate. But it works out fine. Yeah. It works out fine. What if Stinger worry. came back and did a DDP angle where he stalked Kane's wife? Do you think Linda would have been okay with that? <laughs> I think Linda would have Linda, been okay. Linda, I love your sexy wheelchair. <laughs> I think Linda would have stood in the window and just undressed for I it. love the fact oh! that you have, I love the fact that you have no emotion whatsoever. Why are all the WCW wrestlers coming in stalking women of popular wrestlers? Is that what they all do? <laughs> You've got DDP and Sting hiding in the hedges. <laughs> and then fucking Luger goes bush, bunch up, lads. I'm trying, yeah. to, I'm trying to perv on Austin's <laughs> wife. Psych Sting! <laughs> Little pervert bush. Look at the inanimate object over there. Hey, yo, bozo, that's no inanimate object. That's Linda. <laughs> oh, I love the way that she... I like the way you don't move. <laughs> She's like a dead horse. Bang! <laughs> DDP, you can't bang a dead horse. <laughs> no matter how much yogi you do. Yo, bozo. bozo. WF Smack of the Night. Sponsored by Spot Cream. <laughs> Edge runs through the crowd to attack Christian. Oh, and that leads us to the SmackDown debut of Edge's Rob Zombie Red Red Groovy Mix. Never gonna stop. Never gonna stop. That's the one. Scream if you want it. Because I want more. So a bit of story Mo. on this. Mo. Oh, go on. A bit of story on this. So originally, Edge wanted Bleed For Me by the Black Label Society. Ooh, as his one. theme music. And WWF went, oh, it's not really us. So I'll tell you what, let's run it through the Jim Johnson matic and see what yeah. we get. And what they made, he went, oh, I don't like that, it's rubbish. So he just put out a punt and went, what about something by Rob Zombie? I quite like, I quite like Rob Zombie. Any chance of something by Rob Zombie? About three days later, the, the Rob Zombie's new album, Sinister Urge, That's is right. handed to Edge. Mm. And he says, have a listen to that. Pick one of these four tracks. He's like, oh, Shit, okay. I don't know what the other four were. I don't know what the other three were. I would hazard a guess that one of them was Feel So Numb, which they end I up feel using... feel so bad, I feel so numb, yeah. Because they end up using that as a theme tune for No Way Out 02. So I would, I would, oh. I'd hazard a guess that that was one of the four, but of course the one that he went with was never going to stop. Yeah. Um, he, he, which he was a big fan of, and then it would be... Metalingus in years to come. I wonder whether WWE got a bit of grief from Rob Zombie's people because for several weeks they refer to Rob's album as the Sinister Surge. <laughs> did they? Yeah, they did on here. I recall. <laughs> I didn't hear them say that. Yeah, they called it the Sinister Surge. I, I recall Paul Heyman referring to it as the Sinister Surge, and then <laughs> and then it's corrected to the Sinister Urge. A little little graphic in the corner. In time to come, but yeah, uh, that's a that's an oversight, isn't it? You'd be, I, if I were Rob Zombie's people, I'd be furious. <laughs> I was watching anything about Rob Zombie only this oh, morning. Yeah. Weird, weirdly, I've just recorded this. Well, why? There's a YouTube channel I watch called Hats Off Entertainment. Oh yeah, do you like them? Yeah, he's um, great. Is it his thing of the monsters? Yes, yeah, his remake that. of the monsters. Oh, I didn't like it, did he? And like, oh. he's like, I'm just gonna hire my my wife and my mate to play the lead characters, and both went, yep. I don't know what these are. We'll just do it our own way, and everybody went, oh, that's bad. Yeah. Don't do that ever again. But I but I enjoyed the the, the deep dive into the the monsters reboot that Rob, and it was done oh. by the. Um, by the same production house that just buy it's Universal Forty One Hundred, I think it is. Yeah, who do the? Hey, we need to use this license so we can keep it. Cool. 
here's something. Yeah, and yeah. they just make shit sequels. That's a podcast waiting to happen. Going through Universal's shit sequel department. Yeah. Kindergarten Cop 2. Did you know there was a Kindergarten Cop 2? <sighs> Starring none of the original actors. <laughs> there's like, there's like weird people. It's like Lake Placid 2. And you're like, 10 years later, you're like, <laughs> none of the original cast. Even the alligators are different. Like you say, it's just them keeping hold of the IP yep. by just making some shite. And do you know what? I will put this out there in the world. If you work for a movie company and you want somebody just to write and churn out some shite sequels to films that you want to keep the IP of, my email is open and I would happily write shite sequels. Yeah. I would love that as a job. What's that? Oh, Die Hard. Oh, there's been enough Die Hards. Don't need that. Try to think. What, would, what, what is an old film that is due a really shit sequel? I know one of the ones they do is The Scorpion King 2. And again, oh, none of the original cast. that's right, cast. yes. And there's a bunch of UFC guys in it, that's right. None of the original cast. Um, in terms of a film that is due a rubbish sequel. Shawshank Redemption 2. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'll write your Shawshank Redemption Book 2. It. And we'll get Lenny Henry in it. <laughs> ugh. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> you ugh. But well, what a dream that would be. Yeah, yeah. Mum, Dad, I'm writing Shawshank Redemption 2. Get out of our house. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> but yeah, so Rob Zombie uh, made the a reboot of The Monsters. And yeah. it was rubbish. I was so hyped for The Sinister Urge as a kid because I loved Hellbilly Deluxe. Because that was Sue Beast Dracula. That was like, yeah. And then it's covered White Zombie, which is even better than Rob Zombie. So like, yeah. And then it's like, oh, he's back with another album. Yeah. And it's the Sinister Surge, as Paul even called it. I missed that. I'll have to go back and listen to that. Not a... Some of it's all right. It doesn't compare to Hellbee Deluxe at all. Are they they made it to commercial? Or is it just shit? You know what? I don't know. Um, it's just some of the songs aren't. It's, it's a lot slower. But then there's got there's one book uh, Kerry King guest starred from Slayer, um, Dead Girl Superstar, which is like, oh, okay, now you now you can rock. The rest of it's just like half speed Hellby Deluxe songs. I feel like that one might have been another one in the four. Yeah, Dead Girl Superstar. It might have been another one. Which is some really fit edges thing because you have to you have to be running out like all my warrior style to be really hyped for that. Because mm. it's like it's fast, it's very heavy. So, uh, yeah, it's probably the best of the songs on there, I guess. But on that album is Scum of the Earth, which uh, what's name Ogawa from Noah would use and still ah. uses to this day. So, anybody affiliated with him, like Chris Ridgway, would use. So, it's like it's still th- th- wow. 20, 20 years later, they're still using like Scum of the Earth, come on, nice. from that album. Uh, and I didn't realize this until I saw Ridgeway at one of those uh, little bucket shows in Manchester. What's it called? The Tutton Bucket? I the name of the bloody thing now. They used to have like the little um, Tuesday Night Graps there. Oh. Not sure. Oh, I realize I'm talking out my ass now. But when then Ridgeway came up to that, and I was so happy because I hadn't heard the song in decades. And I saw him afterwards, he's like, you use that song. He's like, that's a Gawa's song. He's like, yeah, I'm with his group in Japan. I've been with him for like 10 years. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. bye. <laughs> <laughs> I also enjoyed your wrestling, Chris Ridgeway, but the music. Yeah, I can't give a fuck about your match. Wow, Rob Zombie. <laughs> it was mid-album. Anyway, yeah, that was a lot of Rob Zombie talk. Um, yeah, go watch, don't watch the Monsters film. Watch that guy talk about the Monsters. Mm. Uh, 
Anyway, here's Canyonero himself. <laughs> Canyonero. JR can't wait to rant about Christian the coward. <laughs> Canyon gets a nice lifting power bomb, but this is all about Edge's return to action after Christian attacked him. JR has breaking news. Beep, 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 beep. Kurt has a suspected hairline fracture. Mm. Speaking of injuries, uh, this crowd <laughs> sounds like they're injured because they're dead for this. Uh, tough crowd, or maybe seeing Angle die in front of them has had an effect on everybody. Maybe. To say. Anyway, Christian shows up to spear Edge, but he leapfrogs it and hits Canyon, so Edge hits Canyon with the buzz killer, I'll say, to end it. Christian, wearing a Jamiroquai-style fluffy jacket, looks worried as Edge looks possessed, a look that would suit him well over the next few years. Mm-hmm. Mm. Simple little match here. Yep. That was fine. Um, Christian will get a comeuppance on yeah, Sunday. That, that's right. Woo, whoop. Uh, yes, you will. In a, very, in a match that... Uh, well, we'll talk about it when we get there. Yeah. Anyway, now it's time for the Hardys versus the Dudleys. Oh, I haven't seen that no, in a while. No, really. <laughs> Jar gets more updates via the phone built into his giant hat. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Do you reckon when JR walks into like a car, like a, like a repair <laughs> shop wearing his hat, they all think, oh shit, he's got a secret yeah. camera. We'd best be on our best behavior. Wow, they're not even trying now, are they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hello. I, uh, hello. Our oh, valued customer. <laughs> if, I, if I had a car that needed doing, I would go in with a big hat and I'd just stick a lens to the front of the hat. <laughs> Oh, we're being filmed! You're, const- oh, you're constantly like checking your posture and moving around. Yeah. Make sure. <laughs> so Hello. What are- Read the name tag, Dave. Oh, so what are you doing to my car there, Dave? That doesn't look like the oil change I brought it in for. <laughs> no, it is. But you look at the floor right now. Keep trying to hack and film it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the lens falls off. I just run off. <laughs> look, you I don't even this- have a car. <laughs> No, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, let's be serious. JR with his phone bill to his hat gets more updates. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Kurt Angle does not have a hairline fracture, and his neck is not being sold to the Saudis. <laughs> Don't listen to those damn journos online. Don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff takes the expected big bumps and then makes a hot tag to Matt as expected. Uh, also, Kurt's neck is fine, kids. Stop crying. <laughs> Kurt's neck is fine. Duke from G.I. Joe came out of his coma at the end and Optimus Prime is still dead. <laughs> oh. Bloody hell, JR. These are some quick updates. Who's your source? Ivor Windybottom on Twitter. <laughs> Jeff, if this is- had been Christmas, if this had been Christmas, JR would have looked at the camera and gone, and Kurt Angle... Who did not die? Yay! Yay! That's a funny one, it is. <laughs> spirit, spirit, crack <laughs> on. Can you tell me and my giant camera whose <laughs> name is on this grave? Spirit. Whose name is on this grave? I can't see. This, the hat's now, the rim's oh, the rim's above my eyes. He's taking the spirit to the watchdog. No, spirit, stop pointing. I literally can't see. <laughs> Spirit, what oil are you putting in my carburetor? <laughs> Hat falls off. Hat falls off. Spirit, run tell away. Me, tell me about my car. Drive again. The gravestone just says, you have no car. <laughs> no! Why, why did someone put that on a gravestone, Spirit? That seems like a lot of expense and effort. <laughs> I'm not even dead. Spirit, was it you? 
Did you do? You brought me here to show me this. <laughs> oh, ever for one, it's not ever for one joke. What are you, Mel Brooks? Boop <laughs> <laughs> the jokey. Ah! Spirit number four. What are you doing here? The Dennis Norden pops up. The joke is, and the spirit goes, <laughs> pesky bee. <laughs> That's the end of the show. All right, good night, everybody. <laughs> Drive home safely. Why do people listen to this? I don't know. Because all we do, mate... <laughs> Insomnia. For full disclosure, all we do is that we get together about half ten on a Thursday morning and just try and make each other laugh for two hours. Oh. It's the thinnest oh. veiled work <laughs> ever. Alex, I come home on a Thursday... I was talking about some of the shite oh, yeah. you and I have talked, and Alex will always go, "Do you, do you have a job? <laughs> like that is the job." Yeah, technically speaking, it is a job. <laughs> the best thing you think that's about the, like, where we're on this wavelength right now, enjoying ourselves in a good way, and then like someone on Twitch will be like, "Matthew, I love that bit where you did the spirit with." <laughs> With Dennis Norton and JR in the hat in the camera, I'm like, what the fuck oh, are you talking about? Straight gone. Like, sure, it, it, sits in, it sits in the short-term memory terminal and it's gone by lunchtime. I'm telling the Twitch DM. All right, Toad SEO, don't let that person in the chat anymore. Somebody will send me a picture of the spirit from Scrooge <laughs> in a week's yeah. time with the caption, pesky bee, and I'll end up blocking them. Going, I don't know what you're talking about. Photoshop, John. Like, we well, love you, but sometimes, like, you, you need a Dennis Norton to go, see, remember, you guys, <laughs> yeah. this is your joke. <laughs> the Dennis you Norton, said this. We have invented a system within the jokes that to gonna, remind us of the jokes. That we're going to forget. But the problem is we're going to forget it by Thursday. <laughs> we're going to forget it by next Thursday. <laughs> the amount of law. Christ, there's probably someone that has oh. written the law down of, this, of, of the shit in this. Dennis Norden is, is, a, is, is a pop-up character that explains jokes, and he's also the host of It'll Be All Right on the Night, and he also works in the Lugs factory. Dennis Norden is Navi. <laughs> From the number one rated game, Dennis Kivor, Zelda, Ocarina of Time. Listen. <laughs> Stop corroborating, listen. Anyway, Jar continues to get updates on Kurt Angle's neck not being sold to the Saudis. From Navi. Um, he's... Listen, they're coming. They're coming thick and thin here from the likes of <laughs> I, Ivor Windy Bottom. Jeff misses a Swanton, but Lita gets a Lita Kanrana on Devon, who gets the Kill Bill theme playing in his head when he sees Lita and a potential table moment. This is the point where Sky One you would have got from the vault and <laughs> a classic wrestling match between Bruno Sabatino and Bob Backlund. <laughs> But the distraction allows Spike to push Devon off the ropes and Matt gets the roll up on the WF Tag Team Champions. But they aren't the new champs. It's just to build heat towards that lovely four-way. Immediately afterwards, Helms and Storm double super kick Spike in the back of the head like JFK with Matt Hardy going through the table courtesy of 3D. As JR informs us, Joe Coff has advised Kurt Angle has evolved into ascendant being and has been signed by Eric Bischoff's Matt Rat promotion. <laughs> Matt Rat? No, more obscure, Matthew, please. I'm sorry, he's been assigned. Kurt Angle's neck has signed a deal to MECW. Yeah! Matt Rat. Kurt Angle's neck is on a flight to Australia. He'll be at the WWA press conference. <laughs> He'll be wrestling Nathan. He'll be teaching Nathan Jones how to wrestle. <laughs> Oh, there's a, a tiny bit that I missed from the news this week. There was a WWA press conference. <laughs> Buff Bagwell was there. <laughs> Bret Hart was there. 
You haven't even got the fucking punchline. It's already fucking hilarious. Jeff Jarrett was there. And to show you how out of touch, like, like, and, they, and apparently like two out news outlets turned up. None of, the, none of the main ones turned up. Two main news outlets they put turned up. One of the most in the future. And, uh, and afterwards, they interviewed like, the rest of them separately. And one of the news websites went up to Buff Bagwell and went, hey, Brett, we've got a question. <laughs> so it shows you how fucking awful the press conference was. Hey, it's Brett, right? That's Buff. Buff, yeah, buff. I'll say you are, no, mate. I'll say you are, mate. Buff, you, buff heart. You ain't like Clarissa, ain't you? No, stacker too. Whatever. Apparently it's Kyle from Kyle and Jackie O, dude. So, Buff, <laughs> Buff heart. Have you met Kyle? I'm, oh, I'm Kyle. Fuck that. Uh, have you met Jackie O? I'm going to say something really fucking offensive. Yeah, this, That's my impression of Kyle and Jackie O. Thank you. This is an impression of it. goes, all right, which one's Kathy? Which one's Kim? <laughs> Look at me, look at me. <laughs> Will oh, you be resting? Brett, look at me, look at me. <laughs> Will you be resting at home or away? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't make any You're sense. You're not very good neighbours. <laughs> will uh, you be joining Hooven to Guerrera in prisoner <laughs> cell blockades? Or will we be walking to a breast? <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, we need Lakitu to drag us back on the path now. Christ. <laughs> Just pick Matthew and Tom back on the path. Fucking boo That, <laughs> that I, last I part... I would explain that. Was, <laughs> was a sketch from Reeves and Mortimer. They <laughs> <laughs> were not doing Australian accents. <laughs> Oceanic singer, songwriter, <laughs> Noddy Holder. Christ. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Christ. Oh, Apologies. Sorry. Anyway, back Backstage, on. Backstage, RV tells Austin <laughs> he has news. <laughs> A lot of classic SmackDown reviews being cancelled. Good angle. Fair. Has checked himself out the hospital. And the rumour is he's coming to the arena. RV <laughs> listen to these rumours started by that damn Amanda Hogan kiss. <laughs> <laughs> who ignored JR's hat and went straight to the highest restaurant WWF RVD. Austin heads the ring as the terrifying Austin head under the given logo, oh. giving us nightmares forever. Cheers, pal. <laughs> Tajiri. <laughs> Can't breathe. Tajiri, the United States champion with bandage rib runs out. Austin batters oh. him, stomps him, hits a stunner, pins him. Absolute nothing here. Then Kurt Angle's music plays and here he is with a huge neck brace. Luckily, he has the crowd's love of chanting USA to help motivate him. Kurt Angle says that when Steve Austin threw his medals in the river, he threw away a piece of America. He will never forgive him. You don't, you don't want to wrestle him at Unforgiven because he knows he can beat him. Angle then maniacally removes the neck brace, which means he's okay now, according to wrestling logic. Yes. And JR Source IP freely on Twitter. <laughs> Why is that? Why? The hiding incognito. 
Also, it's Rock versus Booker T and Booker T's dad, Shane McMahon, on the pay-per-view. We get a video... Can re- we... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, whoa, fuck. Whoa, yeah, sorry, whoa, I'm talking too whoa, much. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. Are we walking to a breast? No, um, I want to just, just nip back. <laughs> Take a little breather. Yeah. Take a little breather. I, I'm tired of I'm going to lie down here. Have a little lie down, right? Austin Tajiri. Okay, Steve Austin versus Tajiri. First of all, uh-huh. fair fucks. Tajiri getting a shot at the WWF Championship. Let that not go unstated that Tajiri had a shot at the WWF title in 2001. Uh-huh. Shame he got nothing. Like, next to nothing in this match. Kai and Ty got more on Chronic than Tajiri got on Austin. That's just a rumour. <laughs> I loved to, to have seen Tajiri even land a kick on Austin. Like, just a boot to the head. That would have been nice, but no, none of that. Angle comes out, and again, we are, as we mentioned at the beginning, because we are speeding through this Kurt Angle broken neck saga. Because mm. as the night has gone on, because he's been lay outside the ring, his stunned bar has gone down, and now he is fine again. Like, he's no longer dizzy, so he can get back in. He's fantastic, dizzy. He's fantastic, dizzy. That's Treasure Island. I thought Kurt Angle's promo was excellent. Yeah, I thought passionate, engaging, uh, beautifully worded. When you threw my gold medals over the bridge a few weeks ago, you threw a piece of Americana into that water, and I will never forgive you for that. Nor will I forgive you for what you tried to do to me tonight. I see you for what you truly are, a desperate man. You don't want to face me and unforgiven because you look into my eyes and you know one, one thing. I'm the one man in your heart and deep down in your soul can beat you. And this Sunday at Unforgiven, I'll walk out of my hometown, the World Wrestling Federation champion. He rips off his neck yep. brace. He's got tears in and his he eyes. he collapses instantly. <laughs> yeah, because he's, he's that little donkey that you push the button in. Like you get at, at, at uh, seaside resorts. JR, Another deep cut from this is Tom. A deep fucking cut. JR's line here. Again, JR, you know, for all the digs that we give him about stuff he does on AEW... He just has the moments. He has the lines. At this point in time, he is the best in the world. Kurt Angle's eyes filled with tears. The heart of a champion is beating, and Stone Cold knows it. Kurt Angle is going to Pittsburgh to become WWF champion, and there is nothing that Stone Cold can do about it. I just, like, they signpost Angle's win perfectly and to the point where it's like if he doesn't win on Sunday what is the point of anything and I want to watch the pay-per-view and watch him win they have absolutely put together a masterclass in taking Kurt Angle from this geeky gawky Jimmy Crackcorn comedy character to the most fucking dangerous guy on the roster yeah and they've, they haven't done it in a way that has suspended my disbelief. They've mm-hmm. done it in a way where they've gradually made him more... Like he's always been an excellent wrestler, and they've leaned into that more. And you know what? Again, as we said last week, there is a bit of serendipity. There's a bit of the timing of all of this. We've just had this tragedy in the real world a week before, and it just so happens that WWF's top babyface... Fuck the rock. The top baby face in w- it's on WWF mm. television at the moment is this all-American Olympic mm. hero. It's perfect timing. It, it, it's excellently executed. I don't know whether their match at Unforgiven hits the same marks as the SummerSlam one, but I know that the ending is, is, is yeah. one to be excited about. I'll tell you what, though, before we move on, I thought that was the last segment of the night. In my head, mm. Mandela effect, I thought the last shot we had on SmackDown was Angle's like teary face. No, Tom, I said before, Raven effect. Yeah, oh, sorry. <laughs> Raven effect, as I should say. Raven flow. Um, 
I thought that was the last one, but it's not. As you were saying, there is more. Yeah, now, certainly, and, and certainly is. Thank you very much for that. Lovely... away from from. No, no, it's, it's N60, Club N64. That's right. Some top tips, tips for WF, and that was a very good point. Though before getting to that, that you put over the positivities of this storyline. Mm. Good angle has gone from zero yeah. to hero. Hero, hero, hero to hero. Bless my soul. Oh, Kurt, Kurt was, was on, on a roll. roll. <laughs> Didn't plan that. And his neck is signing on the dole. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, he's done a very good job there. One of the highlights of it. Again, the rushed pile driver thing I could have done without, but yeah. he's come back. But like, I think this I'm has not been, dead. I think this was meant to be two weeks rather than yeah, one. I think you've nailed it. Perfectly. I think that's why, and it does feel rushed, but I think because they wanted to do that story so badly, and I'm glad they still did. Um, yeah. But I think that's why it feels so rushed, because yeah. it was meant to be two weeks. Yeah, you're right. And also, in uh, Do We Have No Mercy, if you pick any weapon out of the crowd, then throw it back in, take another one, you may find that your weapon has doubled in size. Bullshit. Really? Yeah. No way to get this effect and all the felt belts were created out of the box. Yeah. But yeah. Is, that, put, just uh, a, is the... that just a glitch? Yeah. I think. Oh. Maybe it's supposed to be in that. I don't know. But yeah, you can get like the giant version of a rock book and it doesn't look right, but it looks funny. Mm. It's a cheese. Mm. Yeah. Fun fact. Well, what do you know? Yeah. It's a lot more interesting than talking about Booker T taking on The Rock with his dad by his side. I get a lovely little promo that sums it up, but could he care less or something right now? Uh, but you know what? Let's give it our best bet. Let's give our best shot at getting somebody in this. Backstage, it's The Rock. It's promo time. Rock admits he got beat down and pinned by Steph. What? Rock knows she's been under a lot of guys. But Rock has a serious case tonight of Rock Bottom Blues. So Rock drove to Memphis, the home of the blues. Rock ordered pie in a restaurant and bumped into, I was not ready for this, the killer, Jerry Lee Lewis. And I said, oh God, I hope you shot him. <laughs> oh, he's there in the crowd. Now's your time, Rock. Get the gun from Doom and get him. <laughs> Rock said Jerry Lee didn't want to talk about pie. Oh, that makes a change for him. I put... Apparently Jerry Lee played a song for the Rock, which Rock will now sing. Rock, they kicked your ass and they rattled your brain. Da na na na. Too much of that will drive a man insane. And oh, it's the great balls of fire lyrics, which became a WWE pay per view, which was funny. Ha ha ha. Oh yeah. Then Jerry played the piano and agreed that the Rock has great balls of fire. Rock ain't losing the WCW to do that. Rock ain't losing the WCW title. So come on over. There's a lot of shaking and smell. Rock cooking balls. <laughs> It's just so weird because it's like, a lot of people go, Jerry Lewis, wow, what a musician. But you hear Jerry Lewis, there's only one thing I think about and it ain't anything positive. No, that's, I don't, I, I'm with and you. And he's from Memphis as well. Wow. What great wrestler connects that. Hey, oh. what, what are you going to say, pal? What, what? You Gogan Goldeneye? <laughs> no, I was going to see when Jerry oh, Lee Lewis died. Because um, I think it was only recently, wasn't it? Yeah, so the last yeah, two years. Yeah, October last year. Yeah. What's Jerry Lee Lewis? Um, yeah, it's um, a controversial figure called Jerry, based out of Memphis. Uh, wow. Jerry Lawler was backstage on this one as well. So as soon as was said, he? I saw Jerry. What? Lee Lewis. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I hadn't thought about that. Ah. Yeah. So I thought the killer and the guy who killed his career. Ah. Yeah. And that segues nicely into the six-man main event with rushed entrances. Oh, these damn live smackdowns. Mm. What are they like? <laughs> Rock batters Rhino. I mean, wrote down what the oh. bloody people are. So, it's yeah, so it's Booker Sorry, T, Test, and Rhino mm -hmm. uh, with versus the APA and The Rock. I feel like this is a match yeah. that we've had like about 400 AKA, times. It, we've had okay, the match we had last week and the week before that. Mm. Rock battles Rhino after all those brutal goals. But this is an elimination match, isn't it? It certainly is. They did not mention that until 
well, you'll see. Booker tags in, so he can now take some offense and get yeeted by Bradshaw, who was powered by American dignity. So he gives a sack of shit to Booker, so Test has to jump in to save him. Shane then chair shots Bradshaw, so Booker can eliminate Bradshaw. How can they come back without him? Oh. No, that's it. They can't. Mr. America. Test batters Rock now because it's his time. That time is <laughs> 2001. <laughs> Rock somehow able to tag in Farouk, who then takes a thousand-year-old gore and a big boot to get eliminated. Oh, ha -ha. Ne brief nation of domination reunion there. I put, ha-ha, get fucked, Rock. You and your great balls of fire, which is also the username for JR's source of information. Last one. <laughs> Like, this is in, folks. Kurt Angle's okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's heading the arena, says JR. <laughs> it's Michael Cole. Tells him to shut up. Rhino accidentally goes test, <laughs> which lets Rock land the rock bottom. Eliminate Rhino. Eliminate the Rhinos. No wonder the WWF got mad about their name being used. Hey! ba da -ba. Two abreast. Booker <laughs> lands the scissor kick. <laughs> But he stinks, so that doesn't get the pin. Test <laughs> takes over. <laughs> stinks. And even 2001 Test can't take him out. Yeah, but maybe 999 Bulldog can. Oh, no, wait. He's too busy eating food on the Raw <laughs> Review. You bastard. <laughs> Rock tries to rob bottom Test, but Booker interrupts. Rock slams Booker away and spine buses him on the ramp. Test drags Rock back in to the ring. And just as Ayara is saying how cool Test is now, Rock eliminates him with the rock bottom. Booker looks onwards, out from outside, looking in. Looks upset about continuing to wrestle, so Booker bravely walks away, and Hebner declares Rock the winner, because Booker's a bitch. And this man is challenging for the title on Sunday. I do not forgive the WF for this. Fucking hated this main event. Like What a, what a juxtaposition for your two main events, because you've got Angle as the challenger, like defying odds to come up against Austin, the Rock going in against Booker T. Booker T gets squat. He gets, like, The Rock pretty much defeats all three members of the Alliance on his own and goes, see you Sunday. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Like, it, I what? why can't you have Booker get the, like, shut the whole, like, it's an old rule. It's an unwritten rule of wrestling that whoever's not going over, more often than not, will get the shine on the show beforehand. It's a bit of a thing. Angle's obviously going over on Sunday. At least it seems that way. Could you not have had Booker T? Like, pin The Rock here? Like, fucking Shane and Stephanie McMahon have both pinned The Rock. Give Booker T a win over The Rock here. Would that kill you? Furious. I'm not liking this Rock run. No. I'm not liking it watching it again. Because I feel that The Rock hasn't... With the exception of... Do you know what? He's not been given to Booker. He's been very giving to Rhino. Yeah. Selling for those gores several weeks on a row. Yeah. Giving to the McMahon children. And test. And test. Test battered him. Why aren't we doing business with Booker T? I don't know. Because the Duf just we need we need an evil dude to be the uh, satellite for Steph and Shane. Mm. So it should have been Sean Stasiak. It should have been Sean Stasiak. You know That's what? That's what the T stood for. <laughs> T bone. T bone steak. Uh... Meat. Stasiak. All the pieces fit, Tom. They're playing 4D checkers over there, aren't they? They're playing so, yeah. 4D fucking checkers. Um, what do you remember from this episode? Or you weren't watching at this point, were you? I, I think it was in and out at this point, because there are episodes I do remember. Mm. So I, I definitely don't remember this one. So 
Uh, it was all new to me. I think it was only a little bit. Nah. Nothing all new. Nothing. I'm sorry, Tom. I no, tried. no, don't worry about it. I'll only chuck in Angle's Americana speech, which I think mm. is, a, is, is an incredible bit of business from Kurt Angle. I think this is a, a segment I was excited to watch for the last few months to see this bit pay off, and it was brilliant. Oh. Um, I was just surprised. thing I'd forgotten was it wasn't the, the last shot of the night. It should have been. Oh. It should have been how we went into Unforgiven. But it wasn't because we had to have The Rock like ahead of a handicap match easily beat three people before he goes on to face two people on Sunday because that is the investment. I wish we'd had Angle's teary, fiery eyes as the last shot of the night, but we didn't. Whatever, Trevor, whatever. What's coming up this week for you? Young, uh, young to this, scallywag. Uh, Hugh Jass says Kurt Angle <laughs> is heading the arena... He's looking a bit rough, though. Is his, uh, next Huge in bad shape. Yes. Sorry. Um, I have got... Streaming? You're yes. doing a Twitch? Yeah, my mind... Black. So I'm trying to talk about life then. I'm like, no, people don't care about you looking for a house. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's all that I've been thinking of. So, uh, yes, I will be streaming Silent Hill 2, which I got to be working on my PC, which is magnificent. Mm. Really bad at emulating that era games. Oh. Uh, so that'd be nice. And more of Bret Hart on Sunday. Ah. Boy, and he's just started WWF. Ooh. Probably him and Hart Foundation are just starting now. Go, he's taking a line to get there. Nice. That'd be fun. That'd be a good time. I like that a lot. We love Bret Hart on the thing because he's just oh. the it's most great Bret Hart book. guy. He's so weird. It's, it's the, the Bret Hart autobiography isn't what I thought it would be. It's become... Um, do you ever see the book? You ever see the film "Throw Mama Off the Train"? No. There's a scene in it where a guy is in a script writing class, and a book that he's written is called "Women I Would Like to Pork," and I feel like that's Bret Hart's book. Here's all the women I've shagged by Bret Hart. It, you're not far off. It's I like, you read the book. <laughs> it's like I, I, it's just a man who was such a clean figure all his life has gone lay miz. In his in his final years, going on this page, I write my last confession. <laughs> Here's all the women that I slept with. It's that, and yeah, I love yeah. it. And I, and I like. I felt bad for a bit, but then I thought I just won't tell Julie. <laughs> I'll write it in a book instead, and then <laughs> run away. <laughs> By uh, the way, I hate my brothers <laughs> and everyone else. Goldberg and fuck off. Goldberg is the Javert in this situation. Uh, <laughs> So and I am big kick. <laughs> oh. You will oh, forget oh, my, my name. Desert uh, <laughs> no. Island Graps. There's there's an episode that dropped on Thursday, just gone, a feature in. How you are you familiar with the work of G Man? Yeah, yeah. We had Chris Garrett. We had G Man oh, on Desert Island Graps. The legendary G Man. G Man is is a bit of a legend of the British wrestling scene. Like one of those guys who, behind the scenes, has always been just like the coolest of cats. He turned up last year as the master of ceremony for Pro Wrestling Noah, and I was like, it's "Come up, the earth, come on!" <laughs> so we had a chat on uh, we had a chat on Tuesday. Where he was finishing up his day in Japan. Oh, we got I got very excited because I think I, I think I shared it in the in the work chat. So we finished our conversation and then uh, he said, Oh, I've got to go home via the uh, Shibuya crossing. I saw this. And he said, Oh, he rang me and went, Oh, go to the website now. And I could see him. I was oh. like, yeah, it's G 
man. Uh, he's the master of ceremonies. He's English-speaking commentator and host for uh, all the 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 English-speaking uh, pro wrestling Noah stuff you see on Wrestle Universe. So we talk about how he got into that. Uh, we talk about pro wrestling Noah keeping the forbidden door ajar for WWE uh, and all that. It's mm. uh, it's a brand new design. Grabs he picks three wrestling matches that he watched there as well. And Guru Larry next week. That's so for oh. us. For us here, me, Math, and you, Guru Larry next week on Desert Island Graps. Yep. Uh, it's great. Wow. I just did a lot of laughing. It's just, it's, it's a wonderful time. It's a wonderful time of the year. Uh, if you want Ask to... him if he wants to do Unforgiven. Oh, hello. I don't know if he would, but he would say, I'll, I'll get him to record a little something for us down the line. I think he should at least make a little cameo. Somebody else who is not forgiven, and that's <laughs> Phil Molyneux. <laughs> Phil This has been Tom. I've yes. been Matthew, been by the shark. Boo whoop! I've been Dennis Norton. <laughs> and together we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Oh! <laughs> oh! <laughs> Bye! That could be an edge's theme. What? <laughs>the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.